The following is an exclusive presentation of the LSU Sports Radio Network. Around the state and around the world. It's time to talk LSU Fighting Tiger Basketball. Pass, Wilkinson, three ball, go! <laughs> this is the Matt McMahon Show, live from TJ Ribs, presented by Our Lady of the Lake, the championship health partner of LSU Athletics. Jordan Wright drives in, one-handed jam, boy, oh boy, did he posterize Wilson and Daisu there. Now, now, standing by with Coach McMahon, here is the voice of your Fighting Tigers, Chris Blair. Well, good Monday evening, Tiger fans. Welcome in to the Matt McMahon Show. It's great to have you join us here on a wintry night in mid-January. It's the first real blast of winter comes our way. So they tell us. Just want to remind you that later tonight, if you're out there listening, if you can avoid uh, being out, I-, I would advise as things could get a little dicey later and overnight. Not supposed to hang with us very long, but uh, again, we got a great group that's here at TJ Ribs, and we appreciate wherever you are listening in tonight. Your LSU Tigers now 10 and 6 on the season, 2 and 1 in the SEC, coming off a tough loss on the road this past Saturday to Auburn. 93-78 to 78 in a game that, of course, we'll talk about coming up on the show. Then we'll discuss the next couple of days in preparation for another big matchup, this time at home. Tigers return to the PMAC. They'll take on another quality opponent in Ole Miss, who is currently 15-1, 2-1 in SEC play as well. If you have a basketball question for Coach tonight, well, you can hit us up on X at LSU Radio. we got plenty to get to. And we'll do that after this short break. Coach McMahon is here in studio and, uh, well, at the restaurant, and he'll join us next right here on the LSU Sports Radio Network. We are back inside TJ Ribs talking Fighting Tiger basketball. This is the Matt McMahon Show presented by Our Lady of the Lake on the LSU Sports Radio Network. First time this season, we're here on a Monday night, and we thank you for tuning in. Of course, the Tigers are playing on Wednesday. Coach got plenty to do, not only today, but tomorrow and tomorrow night in preparation of that game. So, uh, again, Kent, remind me, Kent Lowe, uh, how many straight Monday nights do we have? There are four. This is the first of four. So, uh, again... I uh, want to invite you to come out here at 7 o'clock for the Matt McMahon Show. We're at TJ Ribs, where basketball fans go to celebrate. They can indulge in the world's best baby back ribs, fresh seafood, and Cajun-inspired cuisine, all while experiencing the excitement of LSU basketball. As I mentioned, we have a group of diehards out here tonight. want to thank you. It's not the greatest night weather-wise to be out on the road, uh, but that's going to come a little bit later. So, uh, again, please welcome to the show our head basketball coach, Matt McMahon. Coach, it's great to see you. Thanks a lot, Chris, on this uh, beautiful night here in Baton Rouge. It's great to be here with you and uh, excited. You know, two home games at the PMAC this week against two really good teams and uh, great opportunities for our program moving forward here. I know uh, I grew up in the state of Kentucky. You grew up, uh, again, Tennessee, North Carolina, spent time in Kentucky. I know you're kind of used to this type of weather. Uh, So are you prepared for this short spell of winter we're going to have here in South Louisiana? We're ready to go. And that's, uh, you know, we talked about it last week, the beauty of playing basketball 
indoor sport. <laughs> be 70 degrees and sunny when we take the floor against Ole Miss on Wednesday night. So looking forward to it. I know first day of classes for LSU spring semester is scheduled for tomorrow, but that's been canceled for good reason uh, because of what it may look like uh, early tomorrow morning on the roads. Uh, but how will you guys approach Tuesday as you get ready for, as you say, a pretty big matchup Wednesday? Well, we just got that news you know, a couple hours ago, so it changes uh, practice time schedules for us. Uh, I'm sure the guys are looking forward to the fact they'll get to sleep in tomorrow morning. Uh, we'll come in tomorrow early afternoon and, and have a great practice. Uh, and then we'll do our normal uh, night before the game scouting and film meeting uh, tomorrow night and uh, be locked in and ready to go Wednesday at 6. You know, I li- like that slot better than the 8 o'clock time slot, so we'll have a, a 12.30 shoot-around on Wednesday and, and tip it up at 6 o'clock. I know we're going to talk about the last time out at Auburn, and, and later on in the show we'll get a scouting report on Ole Miss. Uh, and then, of course, this weekend we'll touch on it briefly, uh, the rematch with Texas A&M. And, and, and for the team, and I know you and the staff same way, you're locked into what's happening on Wednesday. But big picture as CEO of the basketball program, uh, you start the season on the road in conference play. Uh, you get a win there. You get a win at home against Vanderbilt. You go take on a very tough Auburn team, again on the road in league action, and, and come up short. you got two home games, back-to-back home games this week. Um, how important is it to protect the home floor at this part of the schedule? Oh, it's huge, huge. And when you looked at the schedule when it first came out, uh, first two, two out of three at A&M and at Auburn, you knew it would be tough. Uh, we were able to split those. Uh, but now this is a great opportunity. You know, 15-1 Ole Miss team. Uh, and then, of course, the rematch with Texas A&M. And we know the, the value and importance of protecting our home court. Well, again, it uh, is an opportunity for Tiger fans to get out there. We'll talk more about that as the show moves along. Coming up, uh, we'll break down the game from this past Saturday on the road. And then before we're done, we'll turn our attention to the next few days leading up to the matchup with the Rebels with a 6 o'clock tip-off inside the PMAC Wednesday night. So stay with us. Just getting started. We'll be back right after this on the LSU Sports Radio Network. The latest on LSU Fighting Tiger Basketball. This is the Matt McMahon Show, presented by Our Lady of the Lake on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Fans, we are here at TJ Ribs. We're talking LSU Fighting Tiger Basketball. Matt McMahon is here. It's all presented by Our Lady of the Lake. And uh, if you can't make it out here tonight, you can't make it out uh, any show, you can always tune in because all LSU Sports Radio Network broadcasts stream for free on the LSU Sports mobile app presented by BASF. Just download the app in the iTunes Store or Google Play, the LSU Sports mobile app presented by BASF. We create chemistry. Uh, Coach, want to go back to this past Saturday. Tall challenge on the road, uh, tough environment, really good team in Auburn. And, and I felt like talking to you uh, once we arrived, actually on the trip there and then uh, after the shoot-around and, and prior to the game, that you were happy with the way your guys prepared going into that matchup, which is always key. Well, I think so. We found a, a formula over the last month that's enabled us to get better as a team. I don't think I'm giving away the scouting report on our team when I, when I tell you. We've talked about it. The ability to take care of the basketball offensively uh, has led to a lot of improvement there. Positive assist-to-turnover ratio has been very good for us. On the defensive side of the ball, forcing turnovers, leading the league uh, in forced turnovers and steals, uh, and then limiting our opponent to one shot. Uh, 
by improving our defensive rebounding. So all that's been very good. Uh, we knew it was going to be a great challenge. Awesome atmosphere on Saturday going in against a team that's top ten in the country offensively and defensively. And it was going to take our very best. I think we showed it in spurts, uh, but unable to s- sustain it for the 40 minutes that would have been necessary to win the game. You know, we talk a lot about how the first and last five minutes of each half are huge. And it almost sounds cliche, but boy, oh boy, if you go back and start breaking things down game after game, you'll see how true it really is. Felt like you had a good start for LSU. You know, you went driving, you really attacked at Auburn, got to the goal, you had a couple of shots fall. Uh, kind of slightly dropped the volume in there for a split second at Neville Arena uh, in those early moments of the first half. Yeah, 32 to 30 with six minutes to go in the half. Uh, thought we really did a good job when we didn't turn it over. I know we'll cover that. Uh, but I thought we were getting high-quality shots. Uh, Will Baker was terrific finishing around the basket. Uh, we got some open threes that guys stepped up and knocked down there early. Uh, the thing that, you know, with it being 32 to 30, some of those baskets they were scoring were out in transition off our turnovers. Uh, their pressure, uh, not so much in the full court or even on the out-of-bounds underneath situations that we talked about, some of the concerns there in our half-court offense, their pressure really bothered us and uh, led to some turnovers there. All that said, you're at 32-30. You just said it, last five minutes of the half, key moments. Uh, we give up a backdoor cut that pushes it to four have a layup, go in and out. We miss three free throws in a row, and they just have that. And then a turnover that leads to essentially a pick six. They have that spurt ability, they can, especially in that building uh, where they can hit you with a quick 10-0 run, and that's what they were able to do in that moment. You know, you mentioned that uh, the formula for the previous four games had been uh, limiting your turnovers, forcing others uh, against your opponent. Uh, ball protection had really been good in that first four games. Uh, I think you had nine first-half turnovers on Saturday. Uh, and, and how much of that was their style of pressure defense? How much of that was maybe LSU not being as crisp and sharp with their decisions? Well, I certainly have to credit them. That's the way they play, and they come at you in waves. I thought their bench was huge in the first half. When you look at the plus-minus of their starters, it was about even. But they had bench guys who came in and really impacted the game. Uh, Chad Baker, Mazzara was was really impactful. I thought Katie Johnson, when he came in, he raised their defensive intensity. And you know, coming into the game over the last month, you know, out of the whatever 365 teams in the country, we were top three percent in the country and fewest turnovers over the last month. So we had really been valuing the basketball. Their pressure turned us over. We end up giving up. The, the turnovers you mentioned, but they turned those into 12 points. Uh, and then we also, the free throw line, they get to the line 19 times in the first half. So 28 points they scored off our turnovers and at the free throw line, and I thought that was the difference in the first half. Yeah, 19-4 to four run to close the first half. You find yourself down by 17 at the break, 51-34. to 34. Now, it's clear that both Auburn and LSU like to move at a quick pace, and it's one of the things you talked about, that, you know, that's that's how we play well. That's how we want to play, and to go change that would be uh, probably more detrimental than trying to play at that speed. But, but again, there's a fine line between a quick pace and being sped up. Was that a factor at all? Uh, that that maybe some of those transition buckets where the game really started to speed up that maybe affected LSU a little bit? No, I think so. I mean, the balance we wanted to have going in, if we had opportunities in transition, we wanted to take those. 
And, and I thought for the most part, the first 14 minutes of the first half, we were pretty efficient there. Uh, I had, you know, like I said, two-point game. It's 32 to 30. Uh, but when we don't have opportunities, especially against Auburn in their building, uh, there comes a time we have to execute offense and make them play against our set half-court offense. And I just didn't think we were able to do that at a high enough level, especially those last six minutes of the first half. Down 17, as I mentioned, on the road. Not an easy task. Not impossible. Uh, But what was kind of the key message? I mean, you go into the locker room there. Those guys know they're down 17 points. They know they haven't played their best in the first 20 minutes of the game. Kind of what was the guide map that you showed them that, hey, this is how we climb back into this one? Well, I thought the biggest thing, and and Auburn had a lot to do with this, but the the self-inflicted wounds. The turnovers we had, they were all live ball turnovers. They were steals by Auburn. So, obviously, you don't get a shot at the basket. Uh, but now they're out in transition. And all their steals led to layups, dunks, uh, fouls on us, got us in some, some foul trouble uh, in the first half. So, uh, you know, we knew ball security had, had to be improved. And then I thought off the dribble, uh, they really hurt us some in, in those one-on-one battles off the bounce, getting to the rim and also the free throw line there. Yeah, Auburn shooting 50% from the floor in the first half, 50% from three-point land, making seven threes. And maybe, as you said, the biggest stat, 19 free-throw opportunities, making 16 of those. While LSU, uh, you got to the line there late in that first half, but only 11 opportunities, you only hit six. Well, it's tough. You're in that two-point game. And, again, you're not going to ever play perfect. Uh, But when they hit us with that run, you know, we missed three straight free throws in that stretch. We missed uh, an opportunity at the basket to finish. We had a pick six turnover. And before you know it, that two-point two lead was, was 13 in, in less than two minutes. And that's the spurtability they have as a team. All right, fans, stay with us. Got more to come. We'll continue talking about Saturday's matchup. And then we'll turn the page, look to this coming Wednesday. As LSU and Ole Miss get together, that series started 114 years ago. They'll renew that rivalry coming up Wednesday night with tip-off at 6 o'clock. Stay with us. It's the Matt McMahon Show. It's presented by Our Lady of the Lake, and we are live from TJ Ribs in beautiful Baton Rouge, Louisiana, on the LSU Sports Radio Network. We continue with more on the Matt McMahon Show, live from TJ Ribs, presented by Our Lady of the Lake on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Back here at TJ Ribs, talking LSU fighting Tiger basketball. And your Tigers will be in action. Two home games coming up, 6 o'clock. Uh, I've said these are great times. 6 o'clock on Wednesday night. Again, you'll be able to, to come to the game, get the little ones back and ready for school on Thursday morning. And then on Saturday, it's a 3 o'clock tip, so you can do all the morning activities and then still have your Saturday night. So we hope to see you there inside the Marriott Center. And, uh, again, tomorrow with campus closed, don't forget, still can get your tickets, lsutix.net. Again, a 6 o'clock start against Ole Miss coming up on Wednesday night. Coach, you're trying to get back in a game down 17 at the half, and I know you're tired of me reminding you that like three or four times here, and I promise we'll move away from it. But home or away, uh, you can't be helped by a 17-point shot. It's just not available. I think it's more fair uh, to say your team has to become locked in defensively. With that, that uh, Without that, all the points in the world can't help you if you can't string back-to-back stops. You score on that first possession uh, on a drive to the goal by Jordan Wright to start the second 
second half. But Auburn, it looked early, looking like they were going to pick up where they left off. Until the 11.37 mark, where you found yourselves down by 28 points on the road. What changed defensively, not only as you saw it on the sidelines, but now that you guys have broken down the film? Yeah, well, you look at the start of the half, you come out, great execution by our players, uh, terrific screen from Will Baker, Jordan makes a great drive, gets it to 15. We actually got three consecutive stops to start the second half. Uh, we had a shot go in and out. Uh, we weren't able to convert there to chip away at the 15-point lead at that point, and then some more of the turnovers really bothered us, you know, and unfortunately, they didn't give us any more timeouts. We, we ran out there uh, trying to kill the momentum, but you come to that 11:30 mark, the formula was the same. I mean, I, we just didn't. We stopped turning the ball over. We executed offensively. We got good shots. Guys stepped up and made them. So now we're not in transition defense. They're they're one of the best in the country when in transition. And so when we were able to play better, you know, we talked before the game. Good offense will lead to good defense, uh, especially in this building, you know, where they're 39 and two over the last three years. And in that stretch, you know, we shot it well. Uh, we were able to force them to p- play in the half court. Uh, we were able to contest shots, limit them to one shot, and I believe it was a 21-2 to two run there in about five minutes to get it back down to single digits and give, give ourselves a chance at least. Yeah, I mean, when people ask me about the to sum up the game, I say it comes down to 17 turnovers because, as you pointed out, once you didn't allow them to get a quick steal or, or get in transition, get a dunk, get to the free throw line, hit a transition three, whatever may happen, and they had to come down and work in a 30-second shot clock, I thought your guys, if you break out those possessions, played really good defense in the half court. Yeah, we were forcing them to take tough, contested threes later in the clock. I thought our, our defensive rebounding was sufficient uh, to, to give ourselves an opportunity there. Uh, but that stat will we'll always go back to it. I know we touched on the free throw line. Uh, but over the last month, we've been points off turnovers per game average of plus nine and a half points uh, per game over the last month. And you look here, 26 to 10 points off turnovers in Auburn's favor. And they deserve a lot of credit for that, not only for their ability to force them, uh, but the, I think they have a team that can go to the Final Four. They, they don't beat themselves. They, they've always played hard, uh, but they've been turnover prone. They take some poor shots from time to time. They don't do that this year. Uh, they share the ball, 20 assists in the game. They're one of the top teams in the country uh, in the percentage of their baskets that are assisted on, and they just were able to dominate the game in the points-off turnover battle. We mentioned Jordan Wright a few moments ago, 13 straight games, double-figure scoring. Uh, had only four in the first half, but I thought – uh, kudos to he and Trey Hannibal. They put the team on their shoulders offensively, scoring 36 points together, the overwhelming majority of that in the second half. It was really fun. Again, you knew it was a very tall mountain to climb, but it was fun to watch those guys go out there and fight. Well, you want to win every game, but you also are striving to get better and to, to build your team. And so when you're in that situation with an 11 and, 11 and a half minutes to go and you're getting your butt kicked, that thing can go one of two ways. And I, I really like the leadership shown by both Trey and Jordan, not only on the floor, but their communication in the huddle, that we're going to keep fighting, we're going to keep battling, and we're going to find a way to chip away and work our way back into the game. And then they went out and backed it up on the floor. I think Trey uh, was fantastic getting to the basket and finishing plays. He got to the free throw line seven times. 
Uh, Jordan really carried the load there offensively. Uh, Tyrell Ward hit three threes in that yep. stretch. Uh, and, again, we were back to the formula that's going to be most effective for us as we go through the season. You know, one of the things I heard a long time ago from a coach was that you want to feel like no matter the score, when you're in a game, you have to play on every possession as if you don't know what the score is. And there was a long stretch there for your Tigers. And it kind of started with Ward's back-to-back-to-back threes where it was almost as if the Tigers weren't really concerned on what the score was. They were just out there playing basketball. No, I mean, that's what it, it should be, the value of every possession. We talk about that all the time. And, you know, I thought our guys really competed at a high level in that stretch, uh, you know, and took care of the basketball. Uh, but you want to keep getting better as a team. You know, you know you have your next opportunity coming up against Ole Miss. Uh, you certainly don't want that to be on the heels of a 30 or 35-point loss. Uh, so I, I was proud of the fight there to get back in. And we actually we had some opportunities. Yep. Uh, we had a pick-and-pop three. Now, again, when you get down as far as we did, you have to be perfect yep. to have a chance, and, and that's a hard ask. Uh, but we missed a three that could have cut it down to five. Uh, they hit a tough shot to push it from eight to ten, and, and we weren't able to get any closer from there. You know, we've talked about Trey several times on this show in the last two seasons, and uh, you know what you'll get every time he's on the floor. You're going to get energy. You're going to get a fight. He's going to give you everything he's got. He's a great rebounding guard. He can certainly push the ball. I mean, you tell him to, to get the pace going, he can do that. Uh, his scoring is sporadic, however. and uh, But there was something, or was there something, when you guys went back and looked, about the game Saturday that lends him the ability to do what he did? Because this team, to me, uh, can certainly uh, be a little different when he consistently gives you just 9 to 10 points per game. Yeah, well, I thought in the second half our spacing was much better and the ball moved. Uh, we took some quick shots in that first half that I thought really hurt us not only offensively but in transition. And when the spacing is really good, as it was there during that run, he has elite explosiveness and athleticism. And with his strength, ability to get downhill to the basket and finish through contact, draw fouls, uh, as he did in that run. And and, and we need him to continue that uh, as we work our way through the league play because he has a toughness to him uh, that our team needs. I will say this uh, again. you know, they've got great players, as you said. You cut it to eight, had a chance to cut it to five, just didn't go your way. LSU outscored Auburn by two in that second half, 44-42. to 42. But, um, again, it's kind of one of those lessons. When you go on the road and you play a really good team, that's a very deep hole to climb out of. Oh, it's impossible almost. And, you know, you look at it, 78 points, a team's number four in the country in, in defense. 78 points we scored with 17 turnovers and so uh, we we can't allow ourselves to turn the ball over at that type of rate Uh, we got to take care of it Uh, and you know at the end of the day uh, when you're playing a team that doesn't beat themselves like Auburn you (laughs) they're good enough to beat you anyway you can't feed into it not only the 17 turnovers but as we talked about after the game 16 of the 17 were steals so live ball turnovers that now led to scoring opportunities in transition for them where you're better off just taking a <laughs> shot clock violation or throwing it up in the stands. Throwing it to me on the sideline. Yeah, line. so you can get your defense set and you don't give up those layups and dunks in transition. So uh, a lot to learn from the game. 
because you look at Ole Miss, they do a terrific job of forcing turnovers and mm-hmm. getting steals as well. Uh, have elite rim protection. So I, I thought our guys did a terrific job this morning in film and in the weight room, and then we had a really good practice this afternoon. You know, I wanted to let fans know I was interested as we left the arena and made our way to the airport, got on the plane and made the trip back, you know, how the players would look, how they, they kind of felt. And and I was encouraged, uh, not that they enjoyed losing, not that it was a rah-rah atmosphere, but it almost felt like they, they kind of felt what you had said to them, which is, hey, guys, we don't turn the ball over like this. We can play much better in this type of venue against a top-20 team. Yeah, that, that's the goal. And, you know, again, I, I want Auburn to have their credit because that's what they do. They turn you over, uh, they pressure you, and they come at you in waves. They play 11 guys, which is very rare. Uh, in today's college basketball, and I, I thought their bench had tremendous impact on the game. But you know, I, I think if if you're if you have the correct mindset as players and as a team, and you're committed to the consistent improvement that we need to make, there was some good that you can take from it. There's obviously some things we got to really improve, and I thought our guys understand that, and I thought they came to practice today and responded in the correct manner that will give us an opportunity to win on Wednesday. Again, Auburn goes on to win 93-78. They remain unbeaten in SEC play while LSU comes home with a 2-1 and one start uh, in the league, and they'll uh, look to have success on the home floor starting on Wednesday evening. Our conversation with Coach McMahon will continue, so stay with us right after these quick words on the LSU Sports Radio Network. A quick look back and then a look ahead. This is the Matt McMahon Show, presented by Our Lady of the Lake on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Fans, a reminder, SeatGeek, now the official ticket marketplace of LSU Athletics. So whether you're buying or selling basketball tickets, SeatGeek, the place to do it, SeatGeek, so Tiger fans can fan. Well, uh, Coach, for those who didn't see the game on Saturday, uh, as Coach Brady and I tried to relay over the radio, it was a physical game. Uh, at times, the officials let it go. Other times, uh, well, there, there were some quick whistles, and I know you can't see anything, but I can. It was inconsistent, to say the least. Uh, the most important thing, however, how did LSU come out after the rock fight in Auburn? I mean, everybody okay headed into this week, and, and overall, the, the health of the roster of the Tigers? Yeah, I think everyone will be okay uh, as we go in. Uh, will had a little minor tweak to his ankle, but but he'll be fine. You know, Carlos Stewart's been out over the last week with, with knee soreness, uh, was back in practice today. Uh, so we're hopeful to have everybody locked in and ready to go on Wednesday. It was a physical game. Uh, I think Auburn won the physicality, uh, their ability to protect the rim, uh, physical screening, I thought really bothered us. Uh, whereas a week ago Saturday at A&M, I thought we won that battle. And so it's something we need to continue to, to monitor and, and keep showing improvement in. Is there an overall theme? And I don't know if you do this from week to week where you go back, watch a game, the most recent game, maybe look at your tendencies, which you touched on to start the show as far as you know, protecting the ball and, and uh, getting to the glass. But is there a theme this week? Uh, hey, guys, we want to do a little deeper dive on this to try to improve this. Or, or maybe, hey, we've done really good at this. Let's try to build on it. Yeah, I, I think the formula is pretty simple that we talked about, and we just have to be more consistent in that. Uh, offensively, uh, we got to take care of the basketball and create high-quality shots. Now, 
easier said than done, especially against some of the elite defenses that we faced over the last month. Uh, but I think being more physical at screening uh, will open up some of those opportunities. Uh, I think some improved shot selection. Uh, when I look at the game against Vandy and, and then the first half uh, against Auburn will, will help us there. Uh, and then on the defensive end, uh, we've got to do a better job containing the basketball one-on-one. And when you look at this Ole Miss team that we'll see on Wednesday, four guys in double figures, uh, you know, really a, a very talented roster of players that can beat you one-on-one. So I think that'll be an area we've got to continue to get better in. You talk about physicality uh, in that instance uh, on handling ball screens. Uh, we hear this a lot in football. You know, how physical are your practices? Are they physical this week? Uh, do you take it lighter this week? In, in basketball, take us through a typical, you know, game day, not game day shoot around, but like leading up to a game. What's a practice like? Do you guys ha- have a certain portion of it where it, it's all about being physical and, and maybe get those pads out there and give a guy a bump as he makes his way to the rim? I, I think it depends on your team. So I don't necessarily have a set format you know some of the elite teams i've been blessed to be a part of over the years day before a game we might practice for 15 minutes and just stay fresh and and keep everybody healthy but where we're at right now is we're trying to build a foundation and keep getting better here in sec play you basically have a two-day prep going into every game so two days out uh we cut the practice time down but we're going full speed we're competitive Uh, we get up and down and play live uh, try and simulate all the different situations they'll be involved in in that, that particular game as we install offensive, defensive game plan. Uh, the day before the game, it really shortens up uh, the time on the floor and the physicality and the contact. You know, The ultimate goal is to arrive at uh, tip-off 100% healthy and ready to go there. Uh, and then the day of the shoot-around, I think, is really important. It's kind of a dry run through uh, not only getting some game shots, but Here's what we need to do defensively to be successful. Here's where we need to attack on the offensive side. You know, you talk about transition defense. The, the ultimate way to avoid that, as we all know, is not turn the ball over uh, for, most, for the most part. Uh, but how do you improve transition defense? I mean, when you say, hey, look, there's going to be turnovers. We're going to try to limit them to, to single digits. But when they happen, how do you get a team better in transition defense? Yeah, I think it starts with mindset. So we, we call our transition, it's 911. You know, it's an emergency situation. Uh, we got to get back with urgency and purpose to get our defense set. Uh, for example, today we would we would be in drill work. We're playing, uh, we call it five-on-five line transition, uh, old-school drill, but the coach calls two numbers on the floor, and those guys have to go touch the baseline, and now it's five-on-three going the other way. Uh, with those two defensive players hustling back, there's got to be a high level of communication uh, to try and limit their ability to score early in the clock and get your half-court defense set. So uh, just try to be very intentional there uh, because ultimately in transition, you, the, the clear answer is you don't want to give up layups and dunks. But in today's game, you don't want to give up that first pass three up the sideline. And Ole Miss is a team who I think shoots it from behind the three-point line in transition as well as any team in the country. So that's going to be really critical in practice. Uh, tomorrow and, and Wednesday's shoot-around. We started this segment asking you about the physical status of the Tigers. Uh, I know being around the guys a little bit uh, after getting off to a 2-0 and start, uh, you could feel that confidence. In fact, on the show last week, we talked about how confidence really kind of carries over throughout the, the, the lineup. Um, the mental status, uh, turning the page mentally, 
Uh, how have the guys responded? I, I was thrilled today. Uh, I thought, I know, I know I touched on it last segment, but you know, we kind of look at this season, and when you get to league play, as 18 one-game seasons. And didn't get the result we wanted on Saturday, uh, but now we come in. Sunday was our off day for the week. We come in this morning for film and weights. It's important that we focus in on learning uh, from the good things that happened in the 21-2 run and in the first 14 minutes of the game, and then obviously making corrections where we did not fare so well in that 14-minute stretch into the first half, start of the second. And then you turn all your attention you know, to getting better as a team and preparing for Ole Miss. And I, I thought it was one of our more competitive practices uh, over the last month. So uh, excited to see how we respond again tomorrow. I know this is our third show of the season, and I typically get around to asking this every single year. Uh, you coaches, your staff, uh, great leaders, they're with these guys a good bit, but they're not with them all of the time. And there are times where uh, certain teammates or certain groups are together, whether it's doing a couple of shots, putting up some shots in the gym, or just being in the locker room. Do you get a sense that you're finding those those team leaders, whether it be vocally or whether just what they do and how they prepare, that, that you're seeing rise on this team? I think it's still a work in progress, and, and that's part of the challenge of, of throwing together a brand-new team. It takes some time, um, but I think we have some really good candidates uh, for those roles. And in the second half against Auburn in a, in a tough situation, it was Jordan Wright, uh, who I thought led the player huddles the right way, got everyone focused on the things that mattered uh, to give us an opportunity to get back into the game. I thought Trey Hannibal, as a fifth-year senior, through his effort and energy that he played with on the floor, was able to do that. And you know, the hard part about leadership is you got to do it every single day. <laughs> you know, it's not a part-time gig. And sometimes that can be challenging, especially 18 to 22 years old. And so just really establishing the consistent habits. Um, and, you know, to be a great leader, you got to set the tone in everything you do, how hard you practice, how consistently you practice, your communication on the floor. Uh, so I think we're making a lot of progress there. I mean, we're such a much better basketball team. Uh, on and off the court today uh, than we were a month ago. And so we got to continue that as, as we work our way into this home stretch this week. You talked about uh, today having a little film scout, uh, and I know you've got a great staff that, that helps you guys prepare uh, with film and, and, and play breakdowns. I see you guys on the plane going to a game and coming back from a game, uh, the staff uh, looking at, uh, at the video. Uh, how about players? Uh, I know you guys go over it with them, but uh, do they have access? Do they go in and maybe take some extra time to look at film? They do. I, I, I think the ones that want to play at a high level and – you know, our, our students of the game take full advantage of that. You know, we try to, you know, evolve over time. I mean, I think back to when I was a player, <laughs> and man, if we didn't play well, you you weren't going home. They were putting the VHS tape in, and you had to sit there and suffer through the whole game again. It'd be a four-hour film session. I mean, the those, those days are long gone. You got to break it up into the small windows, uh, and so we wanted to be. Uh, we're not trying to just check the boxes there. I want it to be really efficient. I want our players to, to have the information that they need, personnel tendencies tendencies of the opponent, uh, any different defensive concepts that we'll see, and what we need to do to give ourselves a chance to win. And so you know, our players, they have 
all access to all the film. It's it's amazing the, the way it's changed. I mean, with the click of a button, I can pull up every shot Jordan Wright's taken this year, and we can sit there and break it down and, and, and analyze it however we need to. So I think, you know, the smart players and the ones who are really committed to becoming the best do more than what's on that weekly schedule they get from the coaches. All right, stay with us, fans. Got more to come. We'll take this quick break on the Matt McMahon Show, and then we'll look into the matchup, get the scouting report on the Ole Miss Rebels, who uh, will try to leave snowy Oxford and head to uh, Baton Rouge for a matchup on Wednesday night coming up at 6 o'clock. You're locked into the Matt McMahon Show, presented by Our Lady of the Lake, right here on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Back live from TJ Ribs, this is the Matt McMahon Show, presented by Our Lady of the Lake on the LSU Sports Radio Network. LSU back in action. They start a two-game homestand Wednesday night against a one-loss Ole Miss squad under first-year head coach Chris Beard. The Rebels' lone loss, a heavy-handed one to Tennessee in Knoxville. But since then, convincing wins over Florida and Vandy at home. As I mentioned earlier, a rivalry that began 114 years ago will renew on the hard court Wednesday night, 6 o'clock inside the Maravich Center. Uh, again, get your tickets now for the matchup, lsuticks.net. Our coverage will begin at 5.30 with the t- uh, tip-off once again at 6 p.m. Time now for a scouting report brought to you each week by Tropical Smoothie Cafe. You're on Tropic Time now. Don't we wish with uh, 32 degrees outside T.J. Ribs tonight? Coach, uh, a really impressive start for Ole Miss. A couple of nice wins in the non-conference uh, against NC State. Uh, a win over Memphis in early December. Two and one in the SEC. Uh, some really key transfers and a few returners from a year ago make this a talented group. You put on the film. What do you see from Ole Miss? Yeah, there's a lot that stands out there. I think starting with the personnel. Uh, Coach Beard's done a great job with the roster construction. They returned the two top 50 players who were already in the program and Matthew Morrell and Brakefield, the Duke transfer. Uh, both of those guys are terrific. Uh, who will play this game for a long time. And then I thought through the portal, uh, able to add experience. Uh, they are shooting the ball, I believe, last I checked, 13th in the country in three-point percentage mm. at 40% uh, from behind the arc. Uh, and then, again, credit to Coach Beard and, and their program. Uh, they've been in a lot of close games, and they found ways to win them. They've, I, I don't know if this ever happened before. Five games already where the opponent had the ball last possession of the game in a one-possession game, and they got to stop all five of those games to, at the buzzer uh, to win the game. So uh, they've, they've shown they know how to win, uh, really explosive offensively. Uh, and then I think similar to, to A&M and the way they can disguise some of their coverages defensively uh, to make sure that you have to execute on the offensive end. Four Rebels, as you said, averaging double figures, led by Morrell, one of uh, Kermit Davis's recruits who stayed in Oxford, now having a great senior season, averaging 17 points a game. Flanagan at 16 a game. Murray and Brakefield not far off, 14 and 12, respectively. Three of those guys, top 20 scores in the SEC for an Ole Miss team that ranks seventh at just under 78 points per game. What will the LSU defense see as far as style of play on the offensive end? You mentioned they're very good at shooting three-pointers, but but, but what overall style will you guys have to face? Yeah, I think their spacing's been really good. Murray, the, the transfer at the point, uh, has elite speed at the point guard position, so they, they keep the floor spread. He drives. He's very creative. 
you know, we haven't even touched on the two centers that they signed in the portal. You know, seven foot five, Jamari and Sharp, and seven foot Cisse. Uh, so they've got great size at that five position. So uh, they're not huge back to the basket threats, but because the floor is spread, uh, they've got multiple guys that can can really score it one on one. Flanagan, we've seen him do it uh, now for this is fifth year in the yeah. SEC. Uh, Morrell, Brakefield. All terrific one-on-one players can shoot it from three, but score at all three levels as well. You know, interesting. LSU and Ole Miss tied uh, to the exact points given up on defense this year at 69 and a half points per game, which is tied for six in the league. And while you may have the same average, how similar or dissimilar uh, is their style and plan on defense? Yeah, I think they do a lot more switching than we do. Uh, they do a good job of forcing turnovers, as we've been able to do to this point as well. Uh, and then they have, I guess, probably the most elite rim protection yeah. in the country. I had 16 blocks in the game against Florida, mm-hmm. uh, average almost seven a game. Uh, so at seven five and, and seven foot at, at the center position, uh, it's not just the blocks; it's their ability to contest and alter shots around the goal uh, that, that make it difficult to score in the painted area. Yeah, as you mentioned, 16 games this year, Ole Miss has 107 blocks on the year. Tops in the SEC, as Coach said, just under seven blocks per game. Had 16 against Florida, which set a school record, tied an SEC record for most in the conference game. And when you tell your guys and you scout these guys and you say, here's how we have to attack, as you said, it's not just the block shots. It's once you get in there, what is the decision you make? How does that impact the style of offense in the lane and at the rim that you'll have to play Wednesday? Well, I think you have to be really smart. You know, Number one, you want to get the ball into the paint. Uh, that's that leads to good offense, but you have to make good decisions. I mean, the guy's seven foot five. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming his wingspan is probably seven nine, seven ten, somewhere in there. Uh, so you don't want to waste that trip to the rim. And uh, so I think when you can get in there, if you have opportunity to finish, great. But otherwise, we got to make great decisions, have the floor spaced properly, and, and hope that those drives lead to open shots on the perimeter as well. And some good shot fakes. You know, I love those shot fakes. You're a big shot fake guy. I don't know if a shot fake matters when the guy's (laughs) 7'5 and blocks 10 shots a game. All right, fans, we'll uh, wrap up this week's show. We'll take a quick break. Uh, We'll come back one last time with the coach uh, this week right here on the LSU Sports Radio Network. One last word from Coach on the Matt McMahon Show, presented by Our Lady of the Lake on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Yeah, going to try to get out of here before things get a little dicey out there. Again, thanks to everybody coming out to TJ Ribs, and uh, we appreciate everybody tuned in. Certainly want to thank Coach for uh, coming out here tonight. Real quick, uh, obviously it's clear your mind is on the matchup Wednesday against Ole Miss. Uh, But uh, on Saturday, it's a quick season rematch against Texas A&M. I imagine you need a lot of the same things uh, you got at their place in the conference opener back on the 6th. And while they come off a huge home win against Kentucky on Saturday, I I was wondering today, is it good? Is it bad? Is it indifferent that in exactly two weeks you guys are playing again? Yeah, unique the way the schedule fell. You know, some te- some of the teams we play once you don't see till March, uh, and then here you have two games in two weeks. But uh, you know, quick turnaround. Uh, you don't have to go through the next 15 games they play, uh, so we kind of know who they are. They know who we are. Uh, you know, it was one of our best efforts since I've been here. With 53 points given up on the road. 
the three-point defense was terrific. Uh, we were able to win the boards. Uh, just there was so much to like about that win. And, you know, we know also A&M has some guys from around here. So they'll have a – it's a homecoming game for them, uh, and they'll be out to get a win. They had a, just had a great win at home against Kentucky. Um, but as we always talk about it, it'll come – you know, whatever happened in that game will have no impact on this one. Whoever plays the best for those 40 minutes on Saturday afternoon at 3 will, will come out victorious. Um, but that's a discussion for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday nights. Uh, we're, we're locked in on this talented Ole Miss team. Uh, we need an awesome crowd. I mean, we need you Tiger fans yep. in the PMAC on, on Wednesday night. And uh, looking forward to it. 6 o'clock, Ole Miss 15-1. and one, Really talented team, well-coached. Uh, but our guys are going to be locked in and ready to go. Yeah, I was going to say, the last thing I wanted to touch on here is, as I said earlier in the show, Coach, it's a 6 o'clock start. It's not too late. Uh, great time that everybody can come out and still be ready for Thursday. Uh, and as I mentioned, Saturday, 3 o'clock, perfect time for me. I, I think for most families at 3 o'clock, so you got morning and evening still available. But uh, it would be great. And, and I think your team, and I'll speak on behalf of this, certainly deserves a, a great crowd off to a 2-1 and one start in the SEC. And they can make a huge difference inside the PMAC starting Wednesday night at 6. Oh, it gets loud in that PMAC. And our, and our guys have worked hard. They've put in a lot of time, energy, and effort to make the improvements that we have over the last month. And we need to deliver uh, with a big win on our home court Wednesday night. All right. If you already have tickets and can't make it, give it to somebody so they can go. If you don't have tickets, well, it's easy to do. LSUTix.net. Make sure you get your tickets for this coming Wednesday night, 6 o'clock, LSU and Ole Miss. Coach, thanks as always for your time. We'll see you Wednesday night in the PMAC. Get after them. Thanks so much. Everyone be safe out there. We'll see you Wednesday night at 6. Indeed. Be safe out there tonight. That'll wrap up our show. Thanks to Coach TJ Ribs, Jeff Palermo, and the straw stirring the drink, Taylor Sharp. Be back here next Monday. Same Tiger time, same Tiger channel. And until this coming Wednesday from the PMAC, so long, everybody. Go Tigers. McMahon Show with the very latest on LSU Fighting Tiger Basketball. Presented by Our Lady of the Lake. Join us again next time from TJ Ribs. The Matt McMahon Show is an exclusive presentation of the LSU Sports Radio Network. The LSU Sports Radio Network. A division of LSU SP and Play Fly Sports.